Hey guys, welcome to Precision Nutrition's Eat, Move, and Live Better podcast. I'm Dr. John Berardi, co-founder of Precision Nutrition, and if you're not familiar with us, over the last 15 years, we've become the world's largest online nutrition, fitness, and health coaching company. Through that time, as you can imagine, we've watched fad diets and fitness crazes come and go. But when the fads have failed and the crazes died out and people just want something that works, they turn to Precision Nutrition for things like expert coaching, guided mentorship, and online support. In this podcast, which is a mix of recorded articles, interviews, and roundtable discussions, myself and my Precision Nutrition colleagues will help make the whole nutrition, fitness, and health process work for you. Ideally, you'll discover that eating, moving, and living well can be easy and enjoyable for now and into the future. So let's get started. Good day, everyone. It's Bryce from Precision Nutrition with today's article, Becoming a Vegetarian Without Giving Up Meat. Vegetarianism Comes with Baggage. This Guide Doesn't. By Ryan Andrews. Becoming a vegetarian can make you healthier and leaner, but for most people, the term brings to mind anemic zealots, astronomical Whole Foods bills, and a weepy goodbye to bacon. Well, here's how to get the benefits of plant-based eating without all the crazy. And yes, without giving up meat. Here's what Ryan has to tell us. The term vegetarian makes most people think of things they don't want to give up. Bacon, burgers, Thanksgiving, leather shoes. Also things they don't want to do. Being that person at restaurants. Eating weird soy foods. Feeling hungry. Sprouting, fermenting, dehydrating. Sadly pretending a black bean buckwheat patty is the same as a cheeseburger. Well, I'm a vegetarian. I've spent over a decade researching and educating on vegetarian eating and serving as PN's go-to expert on the topic. And I'll agree, most of this sounds like a total buzzkill. Our culture can take a simple dietary philosophy and turn it into a lifestyle, complete with a lifelong pledge, prominently displayed badge, and cocktail party sermon. But let's not toss out a good idea just because some people get a little overzealous with Instagram or t-shirt slogans. Because after all, plants are good. And it's pretty clear that eating more plants makes you healthier, helps you balance your appetite, gives you lots of good stuff like nutrients and fiber, and can be more environmentally sustainable and improve animal welfare. Most people get that, but they don't make the change. The typical adult in North America gets 27% of their energy, about 900 calories a day, from animal products. Only 9% comes from vegetables, fruits, and beans combined. So I have to wonder, have vegetarianism's myths and its baggage become the exact thing preventing most people from embracing a more plant-based diet? Well, let's bust the myths once and for all and explore ways to make plant-based eating, or even becoming a vegetarian, work for your priorities and values. Starting with myth number one, plant-based eating means no animal products ever. Okay, fine, the strictest vegan eats no animal products ever, but plant-based eating doesn't have to be so all or nothing. And in fact, it can't be. When we make food decisions, we're affected by things like what's around us right now, what's available to us right now, what we can afford, what we want to do and feel within our bodies, our food and other traditions, culture, religion, and values, our taste and food preferences, our relationships and social expectations, our health concerns, and our everyday routines. 
and of course life's inevitable disruptions of them. Looking for a single best diet or being too rigid about how we eat sets us up for failure. Once we create those food rules, we inevitably break them. Today's meal was organic but not local. Fail. This organic, local, raw, vegan food is so healthy. Too bad I'll be too broke to put my kids through college. Fail. I ate meat two days in a row. I guess I can't call myself a flexitarian anymore. Fail. You know, once when I was in Uganda, I visited a woman's house where she offered me a hard-boiled egg as a gesture of hospitality. I don't normally eat eggs, but in this situation, I was a foreigner trying to build a social connection with this woman. I was conflicted. Fail. I learned my lesson. People shouldn't expect eating to be so either-or, and that includes plant-based eating. Want to eat mostly plants? Well, you don't have to swear off meat forever. You don't have to get a whole new set of friends, and you don't have to tell grandma you're not coming to Christmas dinner. You just eat mostly plants, when you can, as best you can, with the emphasis on mostly. In other words, relax and keep it real. All right, let's talk about myth number two. Vegetarian eating is complicated and expensive. There are some people into really exotic vegetarian meals. Some of them write popular blogs, develop recipes that go around on Facebook, and fill your social media feed with beautiful, colorful pictures of the food they make. Oh, nice, you think. Maybe I'll give this vegetarian thing a shot. Then you look at the ingredients list. (laughs) What the heck is nutritional yeast? And what on earth is seaweed doing in a pizza crust? Well, here's the thing. You can make any style of eating as complicated as you like. Just Google molecular gastronomy if you want to get into that. But of course, you never have to make it complicated. Food and eating can, and arguably for most people should, always be simple. Yeah, sure, it might take some time, effort, and experimentation to transition to a plant-based diet. Learning new things often does, but it doesn't require training as a chef. As for expensive, this depends on various factors. If you buy everything organic, you will spend more money. If you prioritize certified fair trade, you will spend more money. If you fill your kitchen with nutrition bars, hummus, salads, coconut ice cream, and other pre-made foods, you'll spend more money. Now, I love organic fair trade chocolate and almond butter, but if I ate a lot of that stuff all the time, I'd run out of money and have to move back in with my parents. Plus, I'd probably have to borrow cash from them to buy bigger pants after all the chocolate almond butter smoothies. So, instead I make a compromise. I spend more on, but eat less of, the special stuff. And I spend less on, and eat more of, the basics. Here's an example. Last week I hit my grocery store. A three-pound bag of apples was $5. A can of lentils was $1.50. A two-pound bag of oats was $3.50. And a bunch of spinach was $2. Now, true, one of these things requires a can opener, but I think most people can manage that. Can you set the cardamom sesame energy balls and chickpea flour vegan omelets aside for a second? Perhaps take a break from Pinterest? If so, anchor your plant-based diet with basic, unprocessed vegetables, fruits, beans, whole grains, nuts, and seeds. And it'll all start to make sense. Okay, let's talk about myth number three. Plant-based eating means eating lots of weird soy foods from the frozen aisle. In the last several decades in North America, vegetarianism has gone from a fringe hippie activity to big mainstream business. This means the market for processed, prepackaged vegetarian foods has exploded. 
But vegetarian eating doesn't have to mean a high-carb, processed diet any more than eating meat means you have to live on corn dogs and sloppy joes. Of course, it's perfectly fine to enjoy a few processed foods you enjoy, such as almond milk in your smoothie or a bean pasta. Just remember that a quality, plant-based diet should be full of fresh, minimally processed, nutrient-rich, value-adding foods. Fruits, vegetables, whole grains, nuts, seeds, beans, and legumes. (laughs) You know, actual plants. Foods that you feel good about eating, and foods that do good things for you. Okay, here's myth number four. Vegetarian eating means I'll be protein deficient, or perhaps worse, hungry all the time. Where's the protein? This is usually what people fear most often about plant-based eating. And it makes sense. In North America, when we think protein, we tend to think of meat, poultry, fish, or eggs. That's not a bad thing. Remember, plant-based eating is a continuum. You don't have to eliminate animal foods entirely. You can just move a little bit along the continuum towards more plants. This means that even if you're eating, say, 90% of your diet is plants, but still regularly eating some eggs, dairy, fish, meat, or protein powder, you should be just fine, unless you have some special need for extra protein. But what about folks who want to avoid these foods most or all of the time? Is it actually possible to eat a 100% plant-based diet and avoid protein deficiency? Well, the answer is yes, with a but. As in, yes, you can do that, but you'll have to work harder. When you take any large food group out of your diet, you usually have to put in a little extra effort to make up the nutritional difference. So, to get enough protein, you must eat enough calories to sustain a healthy body size. When we meet our energy needs, protein can do what it needs to do, like sustain muscle mass and other bodily structures. If you don't eat enough food, protein will get used up on energy production and you may become deficient. To get enough protein, you can also include at least one to one and a half cups of beans each day. Beans are an important source of lysine for folks not eating animal products. You can also eat a wide variety of food. If you try to live on carrots or Cheerios, you'll end up protein deficient, just like you'll get scurvy if you live only on chicken. So you'll need to decide, what's the biggest priority to you right now? Time? Convenience? Simplicity? And what are your most important nutritional needs? Top athletic performance, injury recovery, getting swole, improving your relationship with food? And what are you willing to do in order to make sure your nutritional requirements are met? And of course, over time, your answer to these questions may change, and that's okay. All right, let's move on to myth number five. Beans are bad for you. Beans, a staple of many healthy diets around the world, including the Blue Zones, have become the subject of some major food phobias lately. Some people worry about beans' high concentration of anti-nutrients, which supposedly reduce the plant's nutritional value to nothing. And this is a major reason why paleo eaters avoid eating beans. You can also find lots of articles warning about soybeans linked to problems like infertility, cancer, and nutrient deficiency. Well, here's what you actually need to know about the health risks associated with beans. Don't worry about them. Legumes and pulses have a ton of benefits. They're cheap. They contain protein, minerals, and antioxidants. They may reduce our risk of diabetes, heart disease, and cancer. And they're delicious, if you prepare them properly. I could drop the mic right here, but I'll add one more. Beans are satisfying. Seriously, if you eat them every day, your wicked burger craving might diminish substantially. 
Now let's get back to that anti-nutrient thing. In isolation, yes, they may block the absorption of other nutrients in the diet. This can be a problem for people who eat large quantities of single foods like rice, corn, wheat, and beans and so forth, such as people in poorer regions of the globe who often subsist on very limited diets. But when as part of a diverse diet, beans' anti-nutrients, some of which actually also go by the name of phytonutrients, factor into what makes them so healthful. Now, you might be wondering, what about soybeans? Well, since North America is the master of immoderation, we found plenty of ways to screw them up. We process the heck out of them and add them to everything imaginable. It's way too easy to go overboard. So, how much is too much soy? Well, if someone is consuming more than 6 ounces of tofu, 4 fluid ounces of soy milk, and a half a cup of edamame every day, or getting most of their calories from soy-based, healthy processed foods like soy burgers, then I would express concern about excessive soy intake. Actually, I'd express this concern for any diet that revolves so much around a single food. Now, below this amount, soy is likely health-promoting for men and women, and more people would be better off, including small amounts of it, on a regular basis. Generally, I recommend no more than two palms, palm-sized servings, of soy per day. Okay, myth number six. I'll get fat from all the carbs. Well, let's do a little science here. Go out and find all the people you know who have 50-inch waistlines from eating too much barley, lentils, blackberries, and beet greens. To accompany the sound of crickets chirping and the sight of tumbleweeds blowing through the empty streets, let me explain. All carbs are not created equal. Whole food, plant-based carbs come with a payload of vitamins, minerals, and fiber. In addition, The types of carbohydrates that these foods contain are often digested slowly, or perhaps not even digested at all. But our gut bacteria love to munch on them, which keeps the plumbing moving along. And carbs are a broad family of molecules, ranging from the fructose that sweetens fruit, to the beta-glucan that makes cooked oatmeal glutinous, to the cellulose that makes your celery so crunchy, or the tree in your backyard stand up. These different types of carbs don't all work the same, and they don't all have the same effect on your body. North Americans are not overeating carbohydrates from minimally processed plant foods. It's highly processed foods, cookies, chips, soda, candy, white bread, and so forth, that account for our carb overload. To be specific, over 60% of the food in American grocery carts is highly processed. Seriously, over 60%. So while dietary camps argue over the carbs in fruit, anti-nutrients, and tofu, most Americans are eating food with very little nutritional value. More plant-based carbs, some fruit, some beans, maybe some baked starchy tubers, would be a huge step up for the vast majority of the population. And let me reassure you here, as someone who's helped literally thousands of people get lean and healthy, nobody ever got obese from eating minimally processed whole foods. In fact, several experiments that have tried all potato diets have found that subjects either lost weight or stayed the same weight. Many participants, in fact, found they couldn't eat enough potatoes to meet their energy requirements because the potatoes were so satiating. Now, we don't recommend this, but it certainly pokes a hole in the idea that a high-carb, plant-based diet will inevitably wreck your metabolism. Okay, so with all this in mind, what to do next? Well, if you want to shift to plant-based eating in a way that's healthy, sustainable, and appetizing, even without giving up meat, where do you start? Number one, make small adjustments to include more plants. 
While we can't say there is one single best diet, it's pretty clear that a diet emphasizing minimally processed plant foods is a smart move. And here are some ideas on how to make this happen. Instead of one pound of meat in a recipe, use half a pound and add some chopped mushrooms. Instead of always topping your salad with chicken, add some chickpeas and sunflower seeds. Or challenge yourself to make 75% of your meal using plant foods. You can also flip your proportions. Instead of 8 ounces of meat and 1 cup of veggies, try 4 ounces of meat and 1 and a half cup of veggies plus a handful of nuts. Or try alternating 1 week of plant-based meals and 1 week of meat meals. And yes, you can order the vegetarian option at a restaurant. You might discover tastes you like. You may not identify as being vegetarian, but that doesn't mean the veggie option is off the table. Number two, embrace the bean. Before I started my plant-based diet, I ate beans about five times per year, four times at Taco Bell and once each summer when I had baked beans with my burger at the family reunion. Each person in the U.S. will eat about seven pounds of beans this year. That's compared to 216 pounds of meat and fish. To succeed at plant-based eating, eventually you'll want to aim for one to one and a half cups of beans most days. Work your way up to this over a couple of weeks so your GI tract can adjust. Gradual introduction equals less gas. And while dried beans are cheapest, canned beans are easiest if you're just starting out. And hey, here are some tasty ways to eat beans. Try a black bean burrito, bean salads and dips, soups, stews, and chilies, a lentil burger, a tofu scramble, falafel, hummus, even black bean brownies, and red lentil cookies. Alright, number three, don't try to eat perfectly. Just do your best. Instead of diving into an all-or-nothing approach, take it bit by bit and have some fun with it. Try some new foods, see what you like, and don't worry about making each meal 100% plants. You might pick one or two wild-card animal foods to keep in the mix. Maybe it's eggs, maybe it's bacon, maybe it's a taquito from 7-Eleven. You can make the rules. In today's article, I also share some of my favorite, and even better, easy, go-to breakfasts, lunches, dinners, and desserts to kickstart your imagination, so make sure to check it out. Highlights include a tofu scramble with mushrooms for breakfast, or a mock tuna with a baked potato and a couple handfuls of pistachios for lunch, or a lentil burger with salad for dinner, and as a snack, coconut or hemp ice cream. Number four, eat for a reason. If you're like most people, you came to Precision Nutrition wanting to get in shape or look and feel better, and that's a great start. But to keep going with healthy eating habits for life, eventually you'll need to find a more meaningful goal. In precision nutrition coaching, we call this goals with gravity. Or as the Japanese call it, your ikigai. Think about it. What is really important to you? For example, do you want to set an example to your kids? Support local farmers? Improve animal welfare? Eat foods with a lower environmental impact? Or worry less about your health? Here's an exercise to get you started. Simply fill in the blanks for the following three statements. I'm the kind of person who blank, and it's important to me that blank, so I'd feel good about accomplishing blank. Give it a try. All right, number five, move away from all or nothing thinking. I remember volunteering at a vegetarian outreach booth during a big community event. A woman came up to the booth and said, It's great to see you guys at this event. I only eat meat once per month and get eggs from a local farmer. I started to smile and gave her a high five. Meanwhile, another volunteer started to criticize her for not doing enough. Facepalm. 
Don't listen to people like that. Find what works for you in your real and messy life and give yourself credit for the good stuff you're already doing. Your priorities and values are up to you and you get to choose which ones win today. So be sane, be sensible, and enjoy making the best choices you can under the circumstances. Life is bigger than the minutia of food decisions. So today, think about how you could bring a few plants into your life, no matter where you find yourself on that plant-based continuum. Even if, like me, you begin with just a few beans on your Taco Bell burrito. Hey, we all gotta start somewhere. This has been Bryce from Precision Nutrition, reading today's article, Becoming a Vegetarian Without Giving Up Meat. Vegetarianism Comes with Baggage. This Guy Doesn't. By Ryan Andrews. You can read the article online yourself at precisionnutrition.com forward slash becoming dash a dash vegetarian dash without dash giving dash up dash meat. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful day. Okay, everyone, that's it for this week's edition of Precision Nutrition's Eat, Move, and Live Better podcast. For more information about how to eat, move, and live better yourself, and for some awesome free nutrition and health resources, come visit us on the web at www.precisionnutrition.com. You could also visit us on Facebook or on Twitter at InsidePN. Talk to you next time.